Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Moldova. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we guide you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. Mm, And at the end of the series, it's you, the listeners... Uh, You vote for your favourites, and at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. We do indeed. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How's you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, Mm. very well. I've done something this week which is really odd, really odd, and that is listen to an album on repeat that is not a Eurovision artist. Oh my gosh. I know. What has come over you? I don't know. Who is it? (laughs) Who is it? <laughs> Who is she? I was posting all about it on the socials. It's um, Rina Sawayama, and she is uh, like a British Japanese artist who she was in the news recently because she didn't get nominated for Mercury. I think it was Mercury Music Prize because of based on her nationality, she's does she's not quite British enough when she is actually British. But anyway, but a really great album, and I just yeah, I've been really non Eurovision the last week, so it's been a bit weird. Well, indeed. I mean, this is the kind of thing that makes me realise my music credentials are crap. And why? what am I doing fronting a music podcast? <laughs> because I hadn't heard of her. But mm. that's not unusual for me because I'm not really au fait with what's in the hit parade or what popular beat combos are. But it's not... Riding high in the charts. But there's not... The charts are not that good at the moment. I don't know. I just feel like... When I, when I find someone that I really like, I'm like, oh my God, there's someone I like in the charts, what? Yeah, you see, we're used to no chart fodder in Eurovision land, really, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? Being British and Eurovision fans. <laughs> anyway. So this week we're in Moldova. And um, just before we get into that, there's a couple of things. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is just some follow-up from the previous episode in Australia episode where I mentioned Sam Smith and I actually used the wrong pronoun. I used he instead of they, so I just want to follow that up and just say sorry, and I'm sure Sam would be okay with that, but I think they've said before in the past that they're quite relaxed about it, but I wanted to get it right, so I just want to put it out there and say, you know, I should have used the proper pronoun. Sam identifies as non-binary, and that's why they've switched to the they and them pronouns. And I think as we are learning more about people who identify as non-binary and learning about the importance of reinforcing and acknowledging their identities. Um, It is important that we strive to get these things right. I'm a manager of an LGBT charity in my day job and non-binary identities are something which we are seeing more and more people identify as. I don't suddenly think there's a lot more people who are suddenly non-binary. I think suddenly people have the vocabulary and the role models and the 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 community leaders who give them permission to do so. Yeah. Um, people I know who identify as non-binary often later in life um, say it's a realisation that actually this is who I've been. Now I understand it. Now I've got some words to frame it around that match my experience. I'm much more comfortable 
giving those words to describe myself. It is a difficult thing. It is a thing that we get in, in, in we get wrong. I mean, I still get this wrong at work. I've got a couple of colleagues, one of whom I've known for you know almost twenty years, and um, they have recently switched to non-binary pronouns, and I stumble over this. So this is part of the work I do so I think you know what we want to acknowledge is we're striving to get things right we see the importance of this how important identity is for people when they identify as anything other than the norm or the expectation mm. uh, that they grow up in society so I think it's really important that we do strive to to acknowledge this and we do try to reflect that because it validates people's identities and it says that you see them as you know as who they who they tell you that they are absolutely so have that as my as my light apology I, I am sorry but Monty what else have we got what is going on in our Mailbag. Well, our sacks are bulging again. Well, bulging with one missive this time. (laughs) Uh, It's from um, Gal, uh, who who says, Hello and greetings from extremely sunny Israel. Rub it in. The weather's turned here. Just wanted to say how much I enjoy the podcast and your dedication to Eurovision during this long off-season. I started following national finals this year. Great sense of timing. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing you share your views on them. Even if I mostly, and that's crossed out, sometimes (laughs) don't agree with your choices. You manage to be passionate yet critical and humorous, which is the balance I try to bring to stuff I write on Eurovox. Little plug there for Eurovox. Uh, So in a way, I guess your influences. Well, um, yeah. I'll bloody take that. I've been known to influence some men on occasion. <laughs> Coerce. <laughs> Let's use the word influence. I especially liked the episode on Norway and how you didn't shy away from awkward conversations. Not enough people talked about how cringy it was to see a white woman trying to act Caribbean or African, I would say, um, or a straight woman pretending to be gay. I was bummed that... I was bummed? <laughs> Oh, I think this is American use of the word bar. (laughs) I was bummed these two entries got to the gold final instead of a Kuvi, who had a much better song. Then again, during her performance, I kept sending heart emojis on the voting website. So it was probably me who broke it. (laughs) The app did collapse, I think. That's why they had to use the, uh, the, the backup jury. Yeah, well, you know... Consider that your fault, girl. That's what I would say. <laughs> um, so, girl concludes, I've uh, got some more thoughts about other episodes, but this is getting too long, so i let you be for now. Thanks again for your devotion. And hopefully you haven't picked proud for Australia. Sincerely, Gal. Gal wrote that before we did <laughs> Before we'd released the Australian episode, although we had recorded it. So, um, yeah, I hope you haven't heard our Australian episode, Gal. Otherwise, there'll be another letter coming in. Or maybe he's so annoyed that we've chose Proud that he hasn't listened to this, so he's not going to hear us read out oh, his message. Oh, maybe, maybe. Well, we well anyway, we'll... thank you for writing in. Thank you. Really appreciate that, Gal. Thank you a lot. So, Monty, let's crack on with things. We are in Moldova, as we say, so let's get into it.
We are in Moldova indeed, and uh, Moldova is its the first time we've discussed them on the podcast. It is. We didn't have a Moldovan entry last year, although we have had Moldovan entries before, um, in Second Cherry before we had the podcast for it. Moldova's been around in Eurovision since 2005, um, when they made quite a splash with their debut entry, with Zdob uh, Shidub singing Brunica Batatobe when they had the granny on the drum. Uh, <laughs> and they got to the final and came sixth. The final, so quite an impressive debut, actually. Yeah, and um, they've had some really interesting songs as well. I mean, you know, they, they've done really well. Their their best ever entry was their Sunstruck project with Hey Mama a few years ago in two thousand and seventeen. And uh, of course, Sunstruck project spawned one of the most famous Eurovision memes from their first um, entry in two thousand and ten, Runaway with Epic Saxman. Mm. Yeah. But for um, for every Doridos and for every Sunstroke project, unfortunately they have a Lydia Isaac, <laughs> who, whose falling stars only managed to come 17th in the semi-final, the lowest placing they have, although they did get a last place with Christina Scarlett, because there were only 16 uh, countries in the semi-final that year. So it's a mixed bag. They've had five non-qualifications, uh, but they've qualified on 10 times. So they're, they qualify twice as often as they fail to qualify, which is not a bad record. I guess. Mm, one of my favourite, actually, is 2013. It was my first contest, I think I've said that before, that I attended. And, yeah, um, Aliona Moon. Loved that song. Loved that song. Was it Ome? Ome? Omai? Ome. Omie? Omie. Yeah. Yeah, great voice. Loved her. And she had the extending dress, didn't she? She yeah. went on a plane with that enormous great dress. I saw her do a um, performance in the Eurovision Village on the stage. She was like... It was kind of like a warm-up. It wasn't like a performance. People sort of, like, just... Eating their sandwiches, <laughs> watching her, but yeah, she's great. I really love her. Fabulous. Now we had some um, previous contestants coming back into this final as well. So um, the winner of the Moldovan final this year was Natalia Gordienko with Prism, um, and she was one half of the duo uh, which sang Loca in two thousand and six along with Arsenium. Uh, we also had Pasha Parfany uh, coming back, who was the two thousand and twelve entrant with Lauter. And uh, we had a junior entrant uh, from 2012 as well, Dennis Midone. There was another entrant, Geta Berleku, who sang A Century of Love in 2008, who was in the final 20 songs, but she withdrew herself mm-hmm. from the national final. So those ones were the ones who were returning artists. Now, we had 36 entries were submitted and all of them were invited to perform at an audition. Uh, a live audition in which the jury selected 20. They recommended, based on the quality of the songs, that 20 of those songs went through to the final. Do we think that 20 songs stood scrutiny in the final? Well, I don't know. Probably not, but actually, we've got quite a lot to bring you tonight. It was, I think, a quite high-quality final. Entertaining, if nothing else. I wouldn't say high-quality, but... This is our bumper episode. We have got more songs to present to you mm-hmm. than we've ever had. I don't know if we've ever had. We might have, we might seven, have seven songs before. we've got today. Yeah, we might have had more. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to go back and listen, which of course we avidly do at all opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so the Moldovan final was held on the 29th of February with 20 songs. And as we mentioned, Natalia Gordienko with Prison won. Here's a little listen to it. I don't want to be with you. 
Did the right song win? Um, do you know what? As much as I thought Prism was okay, mm-hmm. it was definite non-qualifier at Eurovision. I think she's dodged a bullet here because she's coming back next year, isn't she? So she's dodged a bullet here this year. No, I don't. I don't think the right song won because there's a song in this national final that I think would have garnered quite a bit of support if it went. Um... Mm-hmm. And that's all, all I'm going to say at this moment in time. We'll get there in a moment. I agree with you. I don't think it was the right winner. Um, I don't mind the song, but I think that's a case of familiarity with it. Now, I've heard it so often in the run-up to the cancellation of this year's contest. Um, so I think I'm familiar with it and know it more than I know any of the other Moldovan songs. Um, so I don't think it would have qualified either. Kirkorov, of course, yeah. one of the writers behind that, and uh, Dimitris Kontonopoulos. There's discussion of, you know, how they always manage to do well in certain countries. Uh, I'm not going to say anything's raked at all, but, you know, there may be a little bit of influence at play, or it may just be that people are on the lookout for the songs by them because of their pedigree. Maybe, yes. So let's jump in and let's have a listen to those bumper collection of seven songs that we have for you tonight. So song one for you is called Moldovita by Valentin Uzun and Irina Kowalski. Matt, you love a big old horror, don't you? (laughs) I love this. I am having so much fun. Let's talk about what he's wearing. It's like a multicoloured suit Valentin's wearing. He's got matching trousers and jacket and shoes. So it's all one sort of print and then just a white shirt underneath. I I would wear that. The whole performance is quite colourful though and sort of animated. There's lots of energy and what I love about this, it knows exactly what it is and what it's doing. It's not so earnest that you think oh god you know get a grip it's doing a it's giving you a performance um it's you know it's it's touching all the bases but it kind of does it with kind of like a kind of like a fun twist it kind of it's self-aware it knows exactly what it's doing um it's obviously sort of in the vein of doridos and things that we've seen from moldova in the past and yeah i'm really into this at the end when he says welcome to moldova i'm like yeah i feel welcome after that there's always 
a song that is talking about welcoming you to Moldova in the Moldovan final. <laughs> and this is the one here. I mean, it kind of... Why they don't get the Moldovan tourist board to sponsor some of these songs is just beyond me. It's a very traditional, folky setup. There's four female backing d- dancers and they're sat around the table and they're, you know, they're, they're acting all coy... And they're dancing around, dancing the horror. I just love this. It's just pure joy. I, I think, you know, this is the kind of music that is only a couple of times translated into the Moldovan entry. But when it does, it really works. So we've had Nelly Chabani with Rolot in Moldova, which the lyrics of which are reflected here, because there is a bit where they're talking about the horror in Moldova, the Moldovan horror. And um, it just, it's joyful. I mean, we had a little bit with Pasha Parfany when with his Lauta that kind of had the similar flavour, but not quite as full on as this. I do like it that, you know, in that Welcome to Moldova, there's always one song that's inviting you to come and sample the local delights. Uh, the local delights being usually some moonshine and a comely wench. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the absolute song that does it. Just joy, 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 joy. After it. So moving on to song two, and this is Lavinia Rusu with Touch. Monty, what are your thoughts on this? Well, this is a little jaunty number, isn't it? Mm. I quite like this. It's got a bit of a funky sound to it. Um, A little bit 70s disco, a little bit sort of 90s dance pop. It's just really nice. They're dancing around. There's four backing singers and then there's Lavinia herself. And the backing singers are in these funky green catsuits. Mint green. Mint green. And she's (laughs) in a pink one. Um, And it's kind of... It's a spangly material. It's the kind of material that, it, were it a couple of decades earlier, it would have been made from lurex, which we don't tend to see anymore. But it's, a, it's got that kind of shimmer it's got to a spa- it. A little bit of sparkle to it. It's a bit of sparkle, a bit of spangle. <laughs> Absolutely. So she's um, she's she's dancing around. She's she's chasing the man's touch, <laughs> which I mean, well, you know, given what they're sampling the delights of in Moldova, she might well get that. Um, But this, I'm not sure it kind of is as quality as it might be. It's got a a bit of a flavour of coming on the third CD of a compilation album of dance tracks. Perfectly Ministry of the Horror. (laughs) Ministry of the Perfectly pleasant. But it's kind of at the stage where you've just kind of, you can't be bothered to get up and change the CD. So it's just playing. Um, But yeah, very nice to watch. And yeah, a lively little number. Yeah, I pretty much agree. It's exactly what I thought. It's a nice little dance track. I've heard it in the dance room of heaven in the noughties, I'm sure. Nineties, noughties, noughties probably. Yeah, sort of like a good, solid entry. Hmm. And we like that. And we do like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Song three is called Do It Slow, and it's by Dima Jelosoglu. ready to sing with me or does he actually say are you ready to sleep with me at the start sorry it sounded like sleep with me but surely it has to be sing well we tend to go back a couple of times didn't we we're like oh <laughs> I think he said sing yeah um, I yeah okay 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 um where do we start okay carnival attired back in dancers I love there's like big spinning capes spinning capes oh, fantastic straight out of like Rio Carnival or Notting Hill Carnival you've seen this it's just yeah they're having fun he is in what I would call all white 90s boy band shirt and trouser combo and you know what I'm talking about because it was the Backstreet Boys it was Boyzone that head to toe white suit or shirt and trouser combo I quite liked his what I would call loose vibrato, not a euphemism, um, because it kind of creates this sort of warble, uh, what I would call warble, but it's got it's, it's like this, yeah, slow is that the technical term. I, 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 it really isn't, but I'm calling it a warble, uh, not a derogatory term. It's just I, I like it, it kind of it kind of flows. I really like it. Um, the, the back and dancers, back to the back and dancers a minute, they're a bit a bit sexual for me. I'm like, you're throwing it out there. One of them has crimped hair, though, which is a mood, I have to say. Slightly confused by this. The song isn't the best, but visually, I was there from start to finish. So it engaged me. I quite like it. It's got a sort of a whiff of the Eastern Mediterranean throughout its pop sounds. Okay. And I I just love that kind of thing um, at Eurovision. The dancers are something to behold indeed. The, the ones that have the capes shed their capes and then they're in these sort of little silver skirts and little spangly bra tops. I, they look like they've just been dragged in from, you know, some hotel nightclub in Chisinau. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, they put me in mind of um, sometimes when we go to a Eurovision in Eastern Europe for the first couple of nights of the Euro Club, they've got a couple of dancers that are, you know, parading around exotically like this until they realise that they've misread the crowd. Uh, and then, you know, you never see them again after the first couple of nights. As for Dima himself, he's singing Do It Slowly, but I'm not actually sure he's really interested in doing it with any of those girls. I would have to guess no. I think he's more of the clientele that we get after the first couple of nights of Euro Club. (laughs) For sure. But he's very jolly while he's doing it. Okay, so song number four is, well we mentioned him before, Pasha Parvini with the song My Wine. Switching over the skies, 
Monty, this came second place in the national final. So it did. What are your thoughts? Well, we all like a nice glass of wine, don't we? Well, so, you yeah. know, we're already on board with the song title. Pasha is one of those returning artists, and he was a real hit in 2012 with Lauter, which had a really engaging stage show where he was sort of, you know, leading the dancers behind him, almost like a little Pied Piper formation um, on stage. And it just had so much energy. Um, he only came 11th, though, in the, in the final, which I'm actually quite surprised that I, my perception was he'd come higher than that. I think it made such a, uh, uh, an impression in the semi-final that um, I think people were really willing this to do well. So I think people were really keen to see Pesha back and see what he would bring. And it's got essence of the kind of song that he had before, but this is something quite different. <laughs> it's definitely got an essence about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, can I just say his hairstyle is very different from how he used to look. He used to have nice cropped hair. And this is long flowing locks. And this is in March, so he hasn't even got the excuse of lockdown. This <laughs> um, but it's got a real Moldovan flavour again. It's got that kind of traditional sounding. The visuals are quite something. There are a couple of male dancers who are in lumberjack shirts tied around their, their waists. And they've got these little sort of fur around the show. It's like a furry bolero jacket. Nothing says second place in a Moldovan national <laughs> final than a matted fur bolero jacket. It is right, really matted. It's matted. It? it looks really rank. Give it a brush before you get on stage. But you know, it reminds me of last year I went to Kyrgyzstan and they took us to this sort of cultural centre um, where they keep alive some of the traditional crafts um, of the area and also you know present visitors with traditional food and with the traditional dance and music and it was really it was very nicely done but there was this great hulk of a man that was taking us around and showing us sights on the, uh, the the compound and he had this big sort of like fox dog thing around his neck and wow. it was like you know proper fur as well I mean I, I'm not a big fan of fur and I'm a vegetarian but I had to get a photo with it because it was just so um, unusual mm. and it's a little bit kind of like well it, it, it's it's like the the offcasts of that dog skin <laughs> around these dancers <laughs> necks sometimes you often actually you have dancers um, at a Eurovision national final who are unmistakably gay but these two dancers are really slapping on the I'm heterosexual. It's um, butch. It's very butch, yeah. And um, But that's not the most unusual thing about it. There no. are three women uh, in traditional dress as well, but then they all get into formation and they turn around and they've all got masks on the back of their heads. And then they're performing as these characters. With the mask. A bit like, well, what was that song probably Luxembourg or something where they all, or Austria, I think, Schmetterling, where they all turned round and they all had the, that 1980s. Yes, I remember, yeah. yes. I mean, it's, and it still looks ridiculous, even all these years later. Mm. And what was a really interesting video where Pasha was escorting a group through the wine cellar, this on stage is, <laughs> well, it's a bit laughable, really. I can't get my head around it. I mean, if you look at the two dancers, I mean, if the matted fur wasn't enough, the, the mask that they got given, 
I mean, look like some kind of. Imagine if you put Papa Smurf in a microwave for about thirty <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and then pulled him back out and stuck him to the back of your head. It was so weird. I mean, again, I watched this to the end. I was I was not going to take my eyes off this performance. But oh, you can't! It's oh. like you know, you it's absolutely, totally engaging. Yeah, totally. But I mean, not for the right reasons. No, not really. I mean, I don't. I really don't have much. One thing I will say is at the end, you know, just to make sure you nailed home everything, there was just like these nice little sparklers at the end. <laughs> I was like, thanks for that. Like that's exactly what this needed. Bit of sparkler fountain, and then away we go. Yeah, it's batshit. Song five is Summer of Love by Sasha Letty. Okay, this starts really well. Starts really well. The opening couple of phrases of this. Yeah. The opening couple of bars of this are amazing. And you just think you're going to get an absolute belter of a pop song. And then she starts singing. I mean, it's it's like a... (laughs) It's like a... You would know what I mean. Listen to the start. And it's like the start of a Kylie banger. You think, mm. oh, this is a Kylie Minogue song. Oh, this is going to be... Okay, no, it's not. Um, but I think there's a bit of her thinking that she is Kylie. Oh, I, I mean, she completely, she's like, the, selling it. She's she, the Kylie of Transnista. <laughs> she's, she's, she, she thinks it and she's selling it, I'm telling you. This is... It, it's, a, it's a really... It's in the vein of those classic summer pop songs. The the thing that the melody, the chorus in particular, put me in mind of was Boys, Boys, Boys by Sabrina. Boys, boys, boys. And it is a little bit like that. It's got that kind of upbeatness once you get to the chorus. The, the verse is holding it back a bit. But I, yeah, I do like it. I think they've got a really interesting little camp setup because they've got a, they've got a cocktail trolley and I love a cocktail trolley. Anything from the trolley? Oh my God. When Jody and I were in um, Rio de Janeiro one time for carnival, we had bought some uh, caipirinhas on the street. Oops. And I said to Jody, wouldn't it be great if like, you know, somebody would just rock up with a trolley now and make us a caipirinha here in jest and 20 seconds after I said that somebody rocked up with a caipirinha trolley oh my and god and made us caipirinhas and we tipped him so well that like, he stayed there all night because he knew he was going to get some more trade from us <laughs> and then every night that we went out he would be there and he would make our caipirinhas and also when we went back to carnival as well but I'm a big fan of a cocktail trolley so this is this one is being whizzed around the stage, and Sasha Letty is perched atop it. Um, and this again, I think, is reminiscent of Kylie in mm. the spinning around video when she's on the bar top. There's echoes of that there. Lyrically, there's a bit of kind of oh, I miss you, I kiss you. You know, those kind of trite rhymes. But I actually quite like this. Once it gets going, there's something quite pleasing about this as a throwaway summer pop song. <laughs> 
Yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. There's not much more to say. It's quite camp. It's low rent Kylie Minogue, very earnest, but it's catchy. And you know, you can remember what you've just heard after you've heard it. So it's hella catchy. Mm. Yeah, although only nineteenth place out of twenty slash nineteen because someone pulled out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bless her. She got no votes from the jury at all, which obviously translated into no Eurovision style points from the jury set. And in the televote, she got thirty seven televotes. There were six people on stage. <laughs> you would have thought that each of them would have known more than six people each that could yeah. vote for them. That is, how do you score so low in a televote? You know, I mean, you yourself can call more than thirty-seven times in the in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what went wrong there. I mean, I don't know. you know, it was never going to be the favourite that people were going. That's the one I'm going to vote for. But I would have thought she got more than 37 televotes. Mm. So that translated into no marks as well. And because she got the lowest televote on top of having no jury votes, that's when she was calculated in 19th place of the 19 songs that actually competed. But what are we in second cherry if we're not reviving some kind of Euro flop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're about. And so the next Euro flop, <laughs> song number six is We Will Be Legend by Andrea Portorescu and Petronella Donciu. Monty, Monty, what the hell do you think? Well, uh, interesting. We will be legend and not legends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will be legend. But, yes. And uh, this is, I mean, th- it's it's a legendary performance if you talk of styling and consulting being in the past. Because <laughs> um, this has got an enormous 80s vibe to it. In the styling, the frocks they're wearing with these enormous great puffball sleeves on one <laughs> side and the other one's mirrored with a puffball sleeve on the other arm. Um, and hair, 80s hair. But the whole song's got a bit of an 80s vibe to it as well. Really, really interesting. But the most unexpected thing comes when a man wearing enormous angel wings enters stage right. Well, wait a minute. He's also in the aforementioned all-white 90s boy band shirt and trouser combo. Yes, with the, with the enormous... <laughs> yeah. I wonder if... Um, who was it had the white trousers? I wonder if Dima. Just, Dima. I wonder if they just shared it in the That's interval. what I thought. <laughs> so he comes on stage with his back to the audience, turns around, and he's playing a violin. Yeah. So he stands centre stage, has a good fiddle, and then exits stage <laughs> left. Bye! <laughs> and he's gone and then they finish on singing yeah not not the best song not not the best song I've got to say I can't even remember it even <laughs> even now uh, I do like the 80s music video aesthetic I actually really like that the the, the dresses are probably a little bit much 
Um, but this pastel coloured shimmery prom dress was it's so 80s. It's from like an 80s, you know, teen angsty movie, you know, I don't know, Breakfast Club, something like that, where, you know, they go to the prom. I don't know. It's got that feel to it. It's the kind of dress that an actress in a cameo role on Dynasty might have worn. Yes, that is exactly what it is. I, that's what we're talking about because the song's a bit meh. But yeah, pastel coloured prom dresses, boy band guy with mahoosive wings, bit of a fiddle, there you go. Absolutely. It is all about the aesthetic for that one. So song seven is Die For You. We've heard that before at Eurovision. <laughs> Die For You by Katarina Sandu. Oh, you take my breath away. So this came fourth place, placed quite highly, done quite well. Uh, there's a, an obvious nod to Day of the Dead, sort of the Mexican... Dia de los Muertos. That's the one. Uh, and actually, just a note actually, there is... This national final has got quite a Spanish and Latino influence sort of vibe about it. There's other songs which we've not mentioned tonight, which have had Spanish lyrics and... And, you know, we, we were commenting now, like, you know, the language, the Moldovan language and Romanian language can sometimes, to the ears, sound quite Spanish sometimes, uh, the way it sounds. So, but no, there was, the, the, even some of the lyrics were definitely in Spanish for some of these songs. It's really interesting why that would be. <laughs> I don't know, is there like a diaspora, Spanish diaspora? And I don't think there's a diaspora. I mean, the language has some Latin influence mm. in it, I think. You know, and they're... It, that end of the med, so yeah. perhaps picking up there. But also, it's the kind of light Euro pop that does well at Eurovision. So yeah. I think that's perhaps why the sound influence comes in. This is visually stunning. Mm. We have seen so many things attempted at Eurovision, many of them two or three times because there's nothing new under the sun. But I've not seen anything like this. It's that stunning makeup and frocks that is the imagery that's associated with the Dia de los Muertos. And it looks amazing, the kind of skeleton makeup. And this is genuinely groundbreaking in terms of a visual at Eurovision. I mean, if you, there's so much colour involved in this on the backdrop as well. You could do an amazing presentation of this. Um, on stage I think it would just look absolutely amazing the Eurovision hype and everything behind it that could yeah. be yeah incredible but obviously it was a Moldovan stage so it didn't yeah. quite have the same setup but still was very colourful on stage like mm. they really pushed it they, they did the absolute best that they could with it I think mm. um, this is definitely one of the better songs of the whole bunch oh without a doubt without mm. a doubt there's a I think there's a simplicity which I think might have killed it off a little bit but the visual really elevates just the whole performance I, I love it so that's our seven songs for you now before we find out which one of them is the cherry 
we just want to do one further special mention. There were so many songs that we could have picked for this um, and just want to do an honorary mention to a song called Tears, which is by Yulia Lenko featuring Michelle Dar. Well, come this... one, come all. <laughs> you can all join in <laughs> in a little gang. This is quite something on stage. I mean, the song's very flimsy, but they're, they're sitting in a cardboard car there's uh, there's Yulia and Michelle who were there with another uh, woman driving. The woman driving is one of two backing dancers who are wearing the famous white dresses with the blue and the yellow big cats on that Frida and Agneta wore for an ABBA stage performance. Mm. There's iconic dresses. Um, they're wearing them here. And... Um, that's really why I wanted to give it an honorary mention because I just think it's it's a little nod to Eurovision past. But also, there's just some ridiculousness going on on stage for this. It's crazy. It kind of reminds me of like you know when you're at school and the local church you know band comes over and you know you're forced to sit through and listen to it, and or or, or more like a you know in X Factor when they bring out all the singers together to do a group number and it's just a bit. Naff, and no one really wants to do it, and nobody that... really knows what part they're singing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bit of a car crash. It was a little bit like that, but um, it was fun. And then again, at the end, they sort of knew what they were about, maybe because they sort of have like this hashtag: "Hear the tears on stage." Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. The song's naff. It was a bit cringe, but worth, worth mentioning. Absolutely, it's really worth checking out the performance of that, even if it's not one of our. Uh, seven shortlisted songs. So which one of those is going to be our Moldovan cherry for 2020? Well, find out after this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So a quick explanation. This is obviously our uh, segment this year where we are spreading positivity in the world. Things that we've heard around the Euroverse, which we think need to highlight and just just poo positivity everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so, so this week the good thing of the week that is good is steps the return of steps but more specifically the return of the group steps and their album where they are covering Jenny Silver's Something in Your Eyes. Monty, what the actual? Well, yes. The album, we believe, is a cover version of the Jenny Silver song, which was a Melody Festival and song in 2011. And it's so ABBA. Something in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's so ABBA. Yeah. Um, and this is a song that is actually very dear to us at Second Cherry. Because this was a song that was up for consideration for the Swedish Cherry in 2011. Is this the controversy? Is this the controversy? <laughs> yes, yes. So this was up for consideration with Lorraine, with My Heart Is Refusing Me. And... FYI, amazing song. Absolutely amazing song. And it did cause a genuine divide. Mm. I think we could have gone with either of these songs. Either of them were worthy and had merit to be our second cherry entry that year. But in the end, we had a 3-2 split within the team. Um, the two people who didn't vote for Lorene have passionately held on to their conviction 
about the Jenny Silver song for all of these years. So <laughs> I think those two members of the team feel rather vindicated that this song is going to get a very well-deserved second life. It would have been interesting to see Steps covering a former second Cherry song. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be a second Cherry song, but my God, it's a belter of a Melody Festival and song. Schlager by numbers, <laughs> but by God, in this case, the numbers really add up. So we are looking forward to hearing that. We haven't heard it yet, uh, but it was good news for us this week. So that is why Steps covering Something in Your Eyes by Jenny Silver is... Matt and Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. All right, Monty. So real listen now. What song have we chosen as the Mordovan Cherry? Well, we can't let a good old horror go amiss, can we? Ooh. So we have chosen Moldovita by Valentin Ozun and Irina Kowalski. Ooh, little Moldova. Ooh, absolutely. And this song, I mean, we, we waxed lyrical about it when we talked about it earlier, but it was a unanimous choice it was. by the team. There was absolutely no discussion about this. This was absolutely the song for us, we felt. I do think like sometimes when we pick these songs, so this was a later pick in the series, and we do kind of like to look at what's already picked. That things do tend to come into play like mm-hmm. that. And we just felt like this had so much energy, it would be perfect for Cherry. And so it is, and so it is to be. Moldovita or Moldovan Cherry for twenty twenty. So wrapping things up then, guys, you can contact us like everyone else has before. Uh, and how you do that is on Twitter, at Second Cherry. Instagram is second underscore cherry. Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. And as per hello at secondcherry.vision is our email address. What is it? Hello at secondcherry.vision. I want to hear from people, actually, because there was a bit of muttering on social media just like Gal around our choice for Australia. Now Gal hasn't Gal asked us not to choose that song. Too late, it was already done. But a couple of other people said that they would have preferred different songs, but they didn't say which ones. So I would like people to let us know if you disagree with what the team chose for Australia, what songs would you have picked? I think that the Australian selection was so strong that there was inevitably going to be difference of opinion. Um, But nobody's really said what they would have backed. Yeah. Just called us out for not choosing the one that they like. And especially anyone, obviously, but especially you Australians listening, what's going on? What do you think? Tell us. So there we are. There's our Moldovan episode, though. Oh, my God, Monty, we don't even know what we're doing next. And we, we are don't. very it's... close to the end now. We are. And actually, just a word on the live show. There is no word on the live show. <laughs> <laughs> but we are very close to announcing what we're going to do. 
Um, obviously, COVID situation, things are changing by the minute, but we, we're we're close. We, we're gonna we'll we, be announcing soon. We hope we're close, but I think we need to caveat that by the world is changing around us. Um, by the time you're listening to this in the UK, we won't be able to gather in groups of more than six. That's right. Uh, so Today. things are rapidly, rapidly changing. So watch this space for news of what we are going to do for the voting and the results this year. But we are hopeful that we will get to see some of you in person while we do it. So there we go. I'm going to say goodbye. And I'm going to say goodbye as well. See you later then. Bye. Bye.